So, um, I was working on uh, this passage uh, for for this week, and at the same time, I was kind of processing some things that were really distracting me from like really focusing in on the passage. Um, and it's a it's a pretty uh, intense passage that we I was going to do this week. Uh, I think an important passage. I'm I'm really I am excited to to go through it, but I felt like I needed to just postpone it. Um, and kind of process what I had been dealing with, and I thought it was something that would be helpful for all of us. So if you guys don't mind just putting just a one-week pause on our Acts study and just doing something a little bit different um, that I think, I think is needed. And uh, I, it, I believe it fits with the theme of Acts, which is you know, submitting to the Spirit and, and how the Spirit leads and how, it move, how He moves. Uh, and I, I was trying to do that. So it was hard for me to focus on that when I just felt like there was something that needed to be talked about and said. Uh, and maybe it's just for me. And if, it, if that's the case, then, you know, <laughs> then, then I get to process this. But I think it's going to be helpful for, for all of us uh, on some level. Um, so, so that's what we're doing today. Uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time just looking at John 15, uh, 1 through 17. I made this decision yesterday afternoon. To, to do this. So uh, I don't have a ton to say on it other than uh, just some things that I've been internally processing and, uh, you know, a little bit of time of reflection on it. So uh, we're going to do that and then we'll worship after. But let me just pray and then we'll dive into this passage of John 15. So uh, God, just thank you so much for, for this group of people that are here this morning, God. Um, each person here has had uh, such a a deep impact on my life um, over the past year or two in different ways. And I'm so grateful uh, for everyone that is here um, and, uh, and just what they mean to me, God. And I pray that uh, you, as, as you've done a work uh, in each one of us, that you continue to do that work. Uh, you continue to shape and mold us in the way uh, that you want us to be and, and most importantly, in the likeness uh, of your son, Jesus, God. I pray that as we... Uh, kind of take a detour today and look at this passage um, that we hadn't planned on looking at. I pray that uh, you just speak to us in a really special and clear way through it, and that this can just be a really transformative time for each one of us uh, that shapes um, our relationship with you moving forward and our relationship with one another. So uh, just guide us in our time together. God, may your spirit uh, lead us and speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Alright, so, so I'm going to just start by uh, reading the first part of this passage, John 15. So it's in the bulletin, uh, if, if you want to read along. Um, and then I'll unpack it a little bit. So John 15, uh, starting in verse 1. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because, you, uh, because of the word that I have spoken to you. So abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides, it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, 
uh, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. All right, we're going to stop there for a second. Um, I was uh, in my yard early this week, it was like Monday, and we, we had been gone for about 10 days, and I before we had left, I had planted like six tomato plants in our garden, and apparently... It, the soil is good, and they you know, they just exploded and took over. They were supposed to take up half our little garden bed, and they just absolutely are overflowing the whole bed, um, which is great. But the problem with that is, if, if you've ever done tomatoes or plants, if, if they get too overcrowded, uh, they can't dry out. The leaves can't dry out, and they'll mold and, and get mildew, and, and they'll eventually die, and it's it's not good. So I went out there, and I had to clear out you know a good portion of, of the plants, take take off a lot of the branches and stuff like that. Uh, and so I was cutting off these branches and these branches had, you know, fruits on them that some of them had, that I had to take off, had produced, they had these nice, you know, little bright green round cherry tomatoes that would eventually, you know, become red tomatoes if, if the plant were to make it. Um, but you know, I had to take these branches off. And so, so I was, took off a bunch, filled up a wheelbarrow, dumped them in the back corner. Uh, a couple days later, I went back out, you know, to our backyard. And I saw, noticed in the pile that those branches that I had put there uh, looked great. Like they were laying there detached from the tomato plant and the leaves were, you know, looking strong and, and you know, they weren't withered at all. This, there was still, I felt that the green tomatoes, they were still very firm. They hadn't, you know, rotted or, or anything like that. The branch looked alive and it looked like it was producing fruit, but I knew because it had been cut off from the source, cut off from the plant that it w wouldn't, it would eventually wither, it would eventually die. And those green tomatoes, the fruit on that plant would never ripen and be really worth anything of value. And, and it struck me because of what I had been processing all week that my life kind of feels like that right now. Like there's a, there's a lot in my life that looks great and exciting. Fruit is being produced, but I feel cut off from the source. I feel cut off from the, the vine. Uh, where I receive my life. I'm not abiding in Jesus. Um, and, and it's not the first time in my life that I've felt that way, uh, but it feels very clear to me that uh, I got, have gotten so caught up in producing and bearing fruit and trying to appear full of life and successful or whatever it is that I've, I've just cut myself off from the source of life you know, for, for this time. Now, the good thing is, you know, like those tomato, unlike those tomato branches, I can go back to the source. I can receive the life I need to continue to produce and bear fruit and, and have, have life and, and grow uh, those tomato branches. I guess there's a process of grafting in that you, you could technically attach them back to the plant, but, you know, more than likely they're probably withered now. I haven't looked, <laughs> but, but it was just a clear image to me of like, you can appear that, you can appear, you yourself or whatever, the, your church community or whatever it is you're doing can appear 
vibrant and full of life and and like it like it's producing fruit but really you're dying inside because you're not receiving from the source so so my question for you guys today is is and for myself is are are you abiding in jesus are we abiding in jesus are we receiving our life and our sustenance uh from him do we go to him uh for for peace do is he the reason we wake up in the morning is he the reason we do everything that we do and and when we're feeling anxious and stressed out and and exhausted do we go back to him do we sit in his presence or do we look elsewhere for life do you hunger every time you uh, uh, are not sitting in the presence of Jesus. I, I think the, the hunger for Jesus is such a good indication that you are actually abiding in him, right? Because I, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I, I desire uh, for the moment that I miss time just sitting in Jesus' presence and I, and I hunger for that. I miss that. A lot of the times it's I, I don't get that time and, and it doesn't really make much of a difference for me like that's not I'm not going to to him consistently to receive life and to receive encouragement and 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 uh and restoration to be filled up that I don't even hunger for it okay so a hunger for the presence of Jesus when you miss that is an indication that you are regularly abiding in him that you need him that you depend on him for life um that you have a realization that you are are missing him uh, in his presence are there times in your day, each day, where you just sit in his presence? Right, we know God is always with us and always around us. And, and you know, I, I, the, the presence of God is, is, is very much here and in each one of us. But are we sitting in that presence? Are we basking in that presence? Are we enjoying that presence and taking time to hear from God and receive from him what we need in order to bear the fruit in our lives, whatever that might be? So are you abiding in Jesus? I think that's a question that I have not asked myself until the last couple of weeks uh, for, for a while. And I think we need to ask that every day. How are we abiding in Jesus today? How are we sitting in his presence and enjoying him and receiving from him what he is offering to us every day? So there's a helpful, um, a helpful picture uh, that, that I think just might help this idea stick a little bit more and a, uh, an image that I've, uh, I've, I don't know when I was taught this, it was, it was a while ago, but it's something that's always been helpful for me. So maybe it just helped this idea sink in a little bit more. Um, but it's, uh, it's this idea of a pendulum. So if I draw a little semicircle, right, the path, of, the swinging path of a pendulum. And over here you have abiding over here you have bearing fruit or producing you could also say rest and work you know whatever whatever it may be uh, but over here you know you're so so again the presence of of god is always with us but when are we abiding in that presence when are we sitting in that presence when do we spend time in prayer and in solitude or silence with god uh when are we worshiping or showing our adoration for him uh, when are we meditating on what he is teaching us or, or on his word or, or processing the things that, that are going on in our lives with him? Uh, when are we, are we memorizing his word and, and really digesting that and, and allowing it to sink in and impact us? And then over here, 
uh, bearing fruit, serving uh, uh, the people around you, um, dis- discipling, ma- making disciples, helping people to see Jesus and, and move towards him, um, encouraging one another, uh, giving of your time, energy, and resources, challenging one another to walk uh, more in step with Jesus, uh, gathering together. For some of us, that, that is, is more of an abiding experience, though I think we still need time of solitude with with God, but for, for some of the, us, that that's also feels more of like a, a bearing of fruit experience, gathering together with one another, uh, teaching one another, leading. What, when we're doing those things, we're, we're bearing fruit and we're, and we're working and we're uh, hopefully pouring out the things that we've received from Jesus. So, um, and we see, though, though these things uh, really go hand in hand, and, and uh, you know, like, just like a branch naturally bears fruit because it abides in the vine, we should naturally bear fruit because we're abiding in Jesus. We see in Jesus' life, he had rhythms of these things. Okay? And, and, it, and it really involved him retreating okay, from, from people, from the crowds, to be alone with the Father. If you read through the Gospels, you'll see so clear rhythms of Jesus getting away, being in solitude, um, being filled up by the presence of God, and then going out and, and teaching to the crowds, uh, uh, doing miracles, you know, casting out demons, whatever it may be. Uh, even at the beginning of his ministry, uh, where did he begin? He spent the first days of his ministry, first 40 days, alone in the desert, Right? experiencing testing from God that was part of that time, but then, then just spending time in presence, in, in the presence of God. Uh, and then he came out of that, and, and in, uh, I believe it, it is in Matthew that he called his disciples to him and, and began working. Um, so Jesus had these rhythms of abiding and bearing fruit, and we see the same throughout the, the followers of Jesus in Acts. Um, so the, there's movement here, though, right? So when you come out of a time of abiding, uh, you're experiencing growth. Okay, you're spending time with God. He is uh, doing a work in you um, to teach you something, to correct something in you, and you're experiencing growth in that. You should feel encouraged, uh, energized, uh, wiser, you know, when you come out of that time of abiding. Uh, but there's movement in the other way. After a time of bearing fruit, and I feel like um, this, is a, this is a process that I miss a lot, but this, this idea of pruning, Okay pruning now that could be uh pruning away things in your life that are are distracting you from being a part of what god's doing uh whether it be sins in your life or just just anything that that needs to be taken away it could also be pruning good things um creating more space creating more margin in your life so that you're not hurried and rushed and anxious all the time um god takes away good things at times from our lives so that we can rest in him more so what you know when are we going through that process of pruning now, this can happen on, on a daily basis. It can happen on a weekly basis. It can happen on a monthly basis. Um, but I think the key is it always starts uh, with abiding. When are you abiding and, and sitting in Jesus' presence in your life? Every day, every week, every month, and even every year. When you get in time to be away and be in the presence of God. Um, so, so I, I, I think there, you know, you may have the question, what does it look like when this is lived out? And I think this is where the second half of John 15 really gives us, uh, a a great picture of, of how, how we can know that our lives are, are characterized by abiding in Jesus. So let me just finish reading the passage and, and there's uh, something that will be repeated throughout that I think you'll catch on to, um, 
But starting in verse 9 here. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should uh, uh, your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. So it was so clear to me as I was reading through this passage yesterday that uh, the, the repetition of love, that love is what characterizes a life that is, that, that is abiding in Jesus. Okay, love for God, love for others, and love for self. Are you feeling a, a love, just a, a love for, for those three people or, 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 or groups of people? For God, for others, those around you, and for self. If you're finding it hard to love God, if you're finding it hard to love the people around you, if you're finding it hard to love yourself, then you're probably not abiding, right? A life of abiding is, is defined by love. It's so clear to me in this passage as he repeats love nine times throughout these few verses. If you're not loving, you're not abiding. So I, I wanted, I just wanted to, to I, I wanted to share this. I, want, I felt like I was not alone in this experience of, of just feeling like, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not connected to the source of life. I'm not, I'm not connected to the vine. Um, and I thought that, uh, it might be helpful, felt helpful to y'all. Uh, so let me, um, I want to show you one more thing here, uh, that I think we can process together. Hey, how you doing? It's not, no. No. <laughs> no problem. So another little uh, picture here. And I was reminded of this on Friday. Another thing that, that uh, has been something that I've gone back to many times throughout my life. Um, a lot of the times I've thought of this in terms of ministry, uh, church, the culture of the church. And a lot of times it's presented in that way, but I want to present it and, and just think about, you know, we, I think that there's connections between, uh, what, where you find yourself in this illustration and, and where, you know, your experience in your community or your church culture. Um, but I really just want to focus on where each one of you find yourself, uh, today in this. And I think it'll help us, uh, just kind of know where to go next. Um, and obviously that's going to be uh, uh, pr primarily an abiding, finding time to really abide in the presence of God. But it's, uh, it's this graph, So, and you may have seen this before. Up here we have high 
invitation, okay? High invitation, and down here you have low invitation. And then on this, I guess this would be the x-axis, you have low challenge, and over here, high challenge. All right. So in your, in your relationship with God, in your walk with Jesus, do you feel invited into his presence? Okay, do you feel a closeness in a, in a, where, where you just are, are excited to spend time with him? Uh, you, find, you, you experience Jesus as someone that is, is very uh, compassionate and, and loving and just wants to give you a big hug. You know, um, is that your experience with Jesus? Uh, or do you not really experience that much? And do you experience Jesus as more of, uh, uh, or your relationship with God as something that is more challenging? And, and um, there's a lot of expectations and there's always doing and, and, and accomplishing and you're, not, you're never doing enough, right? It's high challenge. So, so right here, if we have a relationship, whether it's our relationship with God or a relationship with one another, that's high challenge and low invitation, Okay, high challenge, low invitation. So there's a lot expected of you, but not uh, a lot of presence, a lot of doing and not a lot of being. Then we experience uh, a stressed out sort of relationship. Um, we experience legalism in our walk with God. Uh, we don't experience much abiding. Okay, just sitting in the presence of God and enjoying that presence. There's not a lot of enjoyment in that quadrant, right? You follow me on that? Uh, over here, where we have high invitation, low challenge, okay, we experience a, a relationship with Jesus that is uh, very private and very personal, okay? So there's this private, personal relationship. Um, it's a very uh, kind of a feel-good uh, faith, Okay, feel good Christianity. Um, you know, you just get what you need and go about your life. Okay, God's there whenever you need him. But then other than that, he kind of just, just waits around for you to, to come spend time with him, get your morning devotions, whatever it may be. Um, but it's a very cozy uh, culture, a very cozy experience. And, and there's not much challenge to grow and to do, uh, to, to really bear fruit. There's no bearing of fruit, okay? So it's, it's kind of the opposite of fruit. No producing. It's opposite down here. Okay, so, so then in this quadrant where we have, uh, well, well, what happens, I guess? So if you sit in this quadrant long enough, okay, where I find myself right now, and I, and I get the sense that a lot of us find ourselves here, but, but I will figure that out in a minute. If you sit in this quadrant long enough, okay, whether it be in your church community, whether it be in your, just your relationship with God, your daily life, you'll eventually get burnt out. You'll eventually get burnt out and burnout will force you into this quadrant where there is low invitation and low challenge. And then this quadrant, if you sit in this quadrant long enough, you won't experience any purpose in your life, any meaning and purposelessness will force you into this quadrant of low invitation and low challenge. And what happens in this quadrant is God is very distant. God is very distant and you are drifting. You find yourself, when people say, I feel I'm drifting away, I'm drifting away from God. 
you're drifting and, and what you're doing is you're dying because you're so removed from the source of life that you can no longer bear fruit and you can no longer find uh, the energy or the desire to abide in Jesus. It leads to apathy and, and eventually just leads to total separation and death. Okay, that's this quadrant. Now up here, this is where you could probably imagine we want to be. A high challenge, high invitation relationship with God. And you may float around, but this is a quadrant where discipleship happens. All right, where we follow after Jesus. And we see in Jesus' life, I once went through, I think it was the gospel. You could do it in any gospel. I think I went through the gospel of Luke. And I just put H, uh, H-I, or I might just put I or C next to any statement that Jesus made, any red letter uh, phrase. Uh, that was invitational or challenge. And it's amazing. It just mar- I just marked up the whole book. Uh, Jesus was constantly challenging people and inviting people. And oftentimes there would be invitation and challenge in, in one conversation. Okay. Uh, I think the one, one example of this that really sticks with me is his conversation with the woman at the well. But really there, there's no conversation in Jesus' life where there's not some invitation and challenge. Maybe a couple of the conversations with the Pharisees. But many of the conversations, there's so much invitation and challenge just wrapped up into even the same phrases that he says. But he's with the woman at the well, and he invites her first into relationship. He asks her to get him water, which is just so unheard of for a man to ask a Samaritan woman, even speak to a Samaritan woman, much less ask her to care for him in some way. He invites her to care for him, uh, inviting her into relationship with him. And then he offers something to her. He offers her living water, right? But then there's challenge. He, he, he uh, knows things about her life that no one uh, else uh, uh, knows or, or he would have no reason to know. And he challenges her to live differently and to, to live in a way that is more honoring to God. So there's invitation and challenge in that. We should be experiencing a relationship with God that is high invitational, high challenge. Uh, and that is how we grow. And that is how we become uh, better uh, or, or more um, committed disciples of Jesus. And we have constant rhythms in this space of abiding and producing. As well as uh, a growing and, um, and, uh, growing and, and pruning. So that's what happens in this square. So, so what, I, what I would love to just kind of close our time with is, and not everyone has to share, um, you know, I, I, there's no pressure there. I don't want to be high challenge. Uh, but I invite anyone who feels uh, comfortable just, just expressing where do you find yourself on this graph? Like I said, I, I've been finding myself here lately. And I'm really trying to avoid, you know, moving into this space and, and really trying to find time to really commit to abiding in the presence of God. And so, so where I would just love to hear from some of you, where do you find yourself? What, what quadrant do you find yourself in? Feel free, you know, you can be totally honest. There's no judgment here.